Welcome to Build Basics, our free bite-sized lessons in the very basics of podcasting. Hey there, I'm Ben Williams, sometimes known as Benjamin Yellowitz. This is a course outlining some of the best techniques to record your voice for podcast. I'll be drawing on my experience as a sound designer, mixing engineer, singer, and even my brief stint as a radio presenter. Achieving a great vocal recording is a combination of preparation, a bit of technical know-how, a relaxed, confident performance, and some simple post-production techniques. Most importantly, what goes in the box, the box being your computer, will predominantly affect what comes out at the end. For lack of a better phrase, you can't polish a turd. Well, you can, but it takes years of mixing and audio cleaning experience and a lot more time and money to get a really good result. Let's start with your room and technical setup. What rooms do you have available to you? We're trying to get as close to that studio sound as possible. If it's a smallish room with lots of coats and a mattress in, well, you're winning. If it's a large open plan space with very few soft furnishings, you may want to look for somewhere else to record or choose a mic with a much narrower polar pattern so it doesn't pick up the room's reflections. I would recommend buying an Electro Voice RE20, but if you're just getting started and can't spend £400 on a microphone, maybe try a cheaper mic like the Rode Pod mic, but make sure it has a cardioid, preferably hypercardioid, polar pattern so it doesn't pick up the surrounding room reflections. Also, make sure it's a large diaphragm mic so it can capture those nice warm tones. Try to stay away from windows, reflective hard surfaces and any noisy spaces. It can be really aggravating doing a great take and realising there's a lorry reversing, beeping away in the background. Try a few loud claps and saying hey sharply in the space. Hey! Hey! If you feel like you can hear a lot of the room resonance, hey, hey, try closing the curtains or bringing in soft furnishings before you record. Assuming that you know how to plug in your microphone into either your computer via an audio interface or into a recording device like a Zoom and your headphones are monitoring your microphone, we want to place the microphone on its stand in a comfortable position that encourages you to sit up reasonably straight when speaking into it. I would stray away from rustly printed scripts. Reading a script off an eye height screen is a great way to encourage decent posture for consistent and clear delivery. To avoid annoying incidental noises, make sure you can scroll silently without clicking a mouse and that your mic won't receive any knocks and bumps from the table if you do end up moving. I myself am a chronic fidgeter, so I'm always holding a very quiet object in my hand so I can focus on the script properly. Now comes the important part. We want to achieve a warm, clear, close sound without any, one second, while I remove my windshield, without any plosives or any wind noise. So I would recommend that you use a windshield over the microphone or a pop shield in front of the mic and speak into the mic at a slight angle away from it so that you're not speaking directly into the capsule. I would say around 
five to seven centimeters is a perfect distance from your lips to the microphone. And if you're still experiencing popping plosive sounds when you say Peter Piper pickled a pepper, <laughs> is that the rhyme? Then consider angling slightly more or even adding a second pop shield. As long as you're not sacrificing too much warmth and clarity, you're all good. Set the gain level on your interface at happy medium. If it's too high, you might experience some clipping, which creates horrible distortion, the enemy of good sound. This is often indicated by a red light on your interface or recording software. If it's too low, you would have to increase the gain digitally on your computer afterwards, which leads to a higher noise floor. That's the sound you can hear faintly in the background. Get it so the green metering is reasonably high when you speak, but not clipping if you laugh or say something with enthusiasm. So, you've got your room and your tech all set up, and I bet you're about to press record, but stop right there. I would highly recommend that you take a moment to get a glass of water, maybe even a slice of apple or two. Apples are known in the industry for encouraging the production of saliva, which will help prevent gross, clicky, mouth noises. Yum. It will also help you transfer from being in a technical, nerdy headspace to shifting into a more engaging and conversational gear. You are wearing several hats today, remember. It's also a good chance to notify people in surrounding rooms that you're about to record something that requires a little bit of quiet. Now, it's very normal to make mistakes while recording. It's also very common for background noises to be recorded that tongue twister that you've accidentally written, that phone notification that you completely forgot to silence. Don't stress. Just simply continue the recording and say, don't stress. Just simply, don't stress. Just simply continue the recording and say the line again in a similar way. You'll find a natural pace and flow in your breathing and speaking. A valuable time-saving technique is to place markers on the timeline in your recording software when you've re-recorded a section. This can be done by pressing the enter key on the numerical pad in Pro Tools or the letter M key in Adobe Audition. But obviously, make sure you don't press it whilst you're speaking or it'll be hard to get rid of the sound afterwards. As you edit together your recording, you may find that you've picked up a few plosives along the way. These can be dealt with in three ways, but we're just going to talk about two ways here today. The first is using a parametric EQ. Add a low cut or a high pass filter to reduce the very low frequencies of your vocal. This can be set anywhere up to 130 Hz. Try not to take too much warmth away, like I have here. That said, you can trick the listener's ears into thinking that there is a bit more deep warmth than there actually is by increasing low-mid frequencies between 100 and 400 hertz. But be careful, you may end up boosting some of the resonant roof frequencies like I have here. That's right, can you hear that one? Let's take that one out with another band of EQ. This will stop a majority of plosives. This is actually easier on higher-pitched voices than lower ones, as the plosive is further separated in frequency from the vocal tone. The most effective way is to snip or cut the clip just before the plosive and add a fade to the beginning of the clip. You'll be surprised at how much of the initial sound of a p, b, 
or de can be taken away and still fully understood in a word without a blink. Remember to put a fade out on where the previous clip ends so the listener can't hear where it's been cut. The killer. Usually I would start with gating and compression in my process. However, we're already talking about EQs, so whilst we're here, let's try to highlight the resonant room frequencies and dip them out. If you take one of the EQ bands and raise it up about 5 to 10 decibels and sweep it from left to right from about 400 Hz to 2 kHz, like I am right now, you'll usually find two echoey frequencies around 1 kHz. Here's one of them. Once you've found one of them, reduce it by 5 to 7 decibels and change the Q width so it's quite narrow and doesn't affect the neighbouring frequencies too much. You should find two of these, and they're usually a doubling in value. Here's the second one. This is it reduced. Now, hopefully what you've got is the warmth from the low-end boost, the, the lack of plosives from the cut, the closeness from reducing the room resonance, and now you can add the high-shelf EQ band to add a lighter, breathier tone. This is what mine sounds like adding 5 decibels from 3 kHz upwards. You can definitely hear more clarity, but my S's have become a little bit sharper too. This is where I usually put a de-esser in. Let's throw a compressor before the EQ in the chain, quickly to finish off this basic level of mixing. Start with a 10 to 1 ratio, that's very high, and bring the threshold down so you can see and hear the compressor kicking in at the loudest part of most words. And then reduce that ratio to 3 to 1 so it's a little bit gentler. If your diction and enunciation of words is suffering, open the attack to 15-20 milliseconds. And if you sound like every word has too much punch, change the attack to very fast 5 milliseconds. This is really subtle stuff that you'll come to learn over time. It may feel like you're reducing the volume, but in actual fact, you can now increase the volume without the spikes causing that awful clipping that we spoke about earlier, because the compressor is squashing them down and making the quiet bits louder. I hope this session has given you a few hints and tips on achieving a better vocal recording and an understanding of the sounds to listen out for. Ear training can take a really long time. It's a constant growth but I think it's a beautiful one that is tied up in trusting yourself, but also knowing that it's very subjective at the same time. My main advice is to take your time, enjoy the technicalities, and compare your outcomes with your favourite podcast sounds. Enjoy! Thanks for listening to this Build Basic. Ready for a more substantial lesson? With a Build subscription, you'll have access to masterclasses made and taught by industry professionals across five pillars. Personal development, business, marketing, production, and storytelling. Head over to the Build channel on Apple Podcasts. Just £3.99 a month will give you access to all the lessons with new classes added monthly.